This is Daylight Magazine coming to you from Adventist World Radio Ghana, the voice of hope. Ghana, voice of hope. Today's Daylight Magazine has segments designed with you in mind. Stay tuned and be blessed. You are the God who walked on water. You are the God who made the seas. You are the God whose voice has thundered. You are the God who rescued me. You are the God who walked on water. You are the God who made the seas. You are the God whose voice has thundered. You are the God who rescued me. Your voice was heard upon the mountain. Your voice was heard upon the earth. Your voice was heard by your disciples. Your voice was heard at my new birth. You are the God who walked on water. You are the God who made the seas. You are the God. Hello, dear listener. Welcome to Reflections. Today's topic is captioned Hasty Judgments. Hasty Judgments. It was a costly mistake. The trusting parents went for a brief walk, leaving their new baby in the care of their watchful pet dog. They returned to find the baby's crib upside down and empty, his blanket in scattered bloody shreds. The family's pet, a previously tame and loyal pit bull, innocently Whacked his tail in welcome, unaware of the bloody evidence on his mouth and paws. Betrayed and outraged, the husband shot the dog dead. Soon after, in one dark corner of the room, he found their baby alive, well and without a scratch. And in another corner lay a dead wolf, his face pointing to the shattered glass window. Caution! Never rush to judgment. Do not judge according to appearance, but judge with righteous judgment. This can be found in John seven twenty four. This is written by Dr. Samuel Corantin Pipim. And for more nuggets, please Visit eaglesonline.org and click on Weekly Thought Nuggets. I am your presenter, Margaret Abebrese. Thank you. able he is able through prayer the impossibilities of man become the possibilities of god turn with me to matthew chapter 10 verse 27 matthew chapter 10 verse 27 i read 
What I tell you in the dark, speak in the daylight. What is whispered in your ear, proclaim from the roofs. Remember, God is indeed able. Anything that is impossible for you is possible for him. And as he has told you, make sure you tell others. God richly bless you. I am Bell Dollar Bill. Welcome to another edition of Youth Corner. We are continuing with our discussion on teenage pregnancy. Lord Lugard Webu, Samuel Sabre from Point Toban for Junior have been with me throughout the entire discussion. They are here once more. My name is Afred Nyama Keke. I'll be your host for today's edition of Youth Corner. Welcome once again and finally to the concluding part of the discussion on teenage pregnancy. Lord Samuel and Ato. We ended off by looking at the yeah. effects on the church. You said, Lord, that it would bring some sort of scorn yeah. and ridicule to yeah. the church. Let me come to someone as well. How does teenage pregnancy affect the church, especially when members within its fold become victims? The main purpose of every Christian is to go to the world, forget the gospel, win souls for Christ, for the second coming of Christ, to, to be quickened. And in a church where you are preparing to go out to preach. You're going to give a message to the world. Definitely, you are going to talk to people about things that are wrong in the society. That if they change from, they can get salvation. And in that church, you have teenage girls going around pregnant. What message can you send out? When you go, society will not even accept you. Aside the fact of even the normal radical. In fact, before you step your foot in that house, they've started driving you away. They will start at the entrance. You are not even fit to even come to talk to them. Because there's an adage in the local language in Chi, Ghana, that you can't clear what is in somebody's eye whilst you have the same thing in yours or on yours. So before you can do that, the thing in your eye, you have to remove it. When you remove the speck, then you can go to another person to do his for him. So whilst you can't clean your home, you can't tell somebody to clean his house. So in the house of God where this thing is going on, going out to forgive the gospel will be very difficult. Mm, so within that context, a teenager who gets pregnant or gets another teenager pregnant will lack the moral authority right. to, to go um, out and propagate it word of god that's one of the effects of teenage pregnancy on the church let's look at let me take your view as well at all then we'll look at the prevention well um in talking about the effect on the church i also think that it sends some signals of failure and disappointment to the church leaders they have actually made programs or some of them are purported to have been guiding the youth in the church 
if such incidents happen, they go back and say, like, where did we go wrong? How come we never did our job well? Imagine as the daughter of an elder or a pastor or a church leader. You see all that is going to bring about. It's now going to end up in what my panelists have all said about the church not being able to hold its head high as an exemplary body and the youth in the church could not be called upon as models for other youth in the town society. or society to copy from. So it actually has some effect on the church. Mm. The church leaders get disappointed, confused, and they get dejected. Mm. Let's come finally to how teenage pregnancy can be prevented. But just before we go, I want you to share your views on this particular matter. Uh, some people think that since the church has tried to use their morality arguments for a long time, it seems not to be working, seemingly so. Why don't we encourage the use of contraceptives like condom and so on to prevent it totally? Okay, that is actually a no-go area for a church, especially a Bible-believing church where fornication is forbidden. Mark 10, 7 says that a man should leave the parents' house and cleave unto his wife. And we have already drawn that distinction between a man and a boy and a woman that becomes a wife and a girl. Now, what happens also is sometimes it's not actually the will of the girl or the adventure or the curiosity, but some girls are raped. Mm. It's a very important aspect that we are living out here. Bringing that to the fore, imagine a girl has been raped. How can you tell the girl that when you are walking around, hold condoms in your bag or your pocket so that if somebody is coming to rape you, mm-hmm. you give the condoms to the person or take contraceptives for preventive measures like the ten virgins, the five wise virgins who had extra lamps so that whenever you don't know and somebody pounces on you, you're already protected from teenage pregnancy. Mm. It's a no-go area. Mm. We can't just do that. Mm. Let's, let's, let's look at the prevention then. How we can prevent teenage pregnancy in all those instances, even right. so with the example Actually, doing the same, okay, in trying to do the smooth transition, I'm going to start from people who are raped. Another cause of teenage pregnancy, major cause, is this rape thing. So it could be prevented if people who have been convicted who have been testified against, who are already culprits of this one, the perpetrators of this rape crime should actually be punished seriously. Mm. So punishment for perpetrators. Mm. To serve as deterrence, reformation. Then after that, extensive sex education should be given to these kids in the school, in their homes, parents, society, all these other factors of the socialization. We also have good role models that ladies can look up to who can come and give testimonies of their going to school, making it before they got married. And then I might also say that for contraceptives, it's a no-go area because why should you use contraceptives when you are married mm. and you have planned how you should give birth? Mm. As mm. A, a young girl and a young boy, you don't need contraceptives. It should either be for married men who are planning their family. Mm. That's the only way. So, so abstinence, like according to me, the best prevention. Okay. So abstinence, the best prevention of the ABC mm. method. Let me come to you, Lord, on how you think teenage pregnancy can be prevented. Okay. The very first that I want to speak about is the fact that we need to plan our families. Mm. If you plan your family, you wouldn't have children that will be left at the mercy of the weather or the society that are very vulnerable with no security. Some of these things happen because some parents can't take full control over their kids. Okay. Lack of parental control. So there should be you more know. parental sure. guidance, control. As a matter of well 
plant families. And then we, we have sex education as he spoke about. And then the very best of them all is instilling godly discipline, instilling godliness in our children. That is the ultimate. Even though things may go bad certain times, but that is the ultimate. That alone. I mean, they, it's a habit that you've implanted in a child or your children. Then these things are not bound to happen often. Okay, let me come to you finally, Samo, on the prevention. On prevention, I will say the scripture gives us a practical example. Train up the child the way he should go. And when he grows, he will not depart. What about the rape? The rape incident, that is an exception. Mm. That one, you have no option. You can't prevent it. How do you deal with that? Because some girls are also raped out of ignorance, entering their teacher's room when they, they would the, the best preventive measure is what my brother had to give. That those who are perpetrators to it are punished severely to serve as a deterrent to the others. For rape, you can't do anything okay, about so it. So teaching, you just have to. bringing up children in the word of God, also punishing perpetrators in the case of rape. And, then? and finally, I would say that religious and moral education should be intensified in our institutions from the lower primary to the senior level. It should be intensified so that during that period where teachers are supposed to teach them the religious part, they should add that part, sex education, into it. Sometimes they think that when you are talking about sex, then you are not religious. Mm. But when we add those things to it... Then At what age can sex education start? I, I would say that from the age of even one, mm. you should start, let the child know the parts of the body. When we are doing that, sometimes when we get down there and we say this one, then kakai. we give it a name. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yes, I remember when I was a kid, they were talking about kakai and other things. Mm. You have to let the child know that this is it. This mm. is the name. And when you play with it at this time, this is what will happen. And they will learn from that stage. And when they grow, as I said, you train up the child and when you grow, you know, depart from it. Okay, so bringing up children ultimately in the word of god also the sex education is very important these are ways we can help some of the few ways we can help prevent teenage pregnancy on that note we end this edition of youth corner thank you so much for joining us i've been here with lord look at webu atobon for junior and samuel asabre frempon thank you for listening Any inquiries or contribution, you can contact us on plus two three three two four four six seven three five two eight or zero two four four two three five zero one seven or email us at radio at vvu.edu.gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana PO Box AF five nine five Adenta Greater Accra Region Ghana. Voice of hope.
sits on the throne and to the Lamb. Be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. 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 To him who sits on the throne. Welcome to the moment of truth. This has been your pastor, Ernest Ahen. We will continue with our Revelation series. Today, we will still talk about Revelation chapter 1 verse 7. The scripture says, Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, including those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn over him. Yes. In verse 7, we find a combination of two texts from the Old Testament. The coming with the clouds reminds us of the Son of Man in Daniel chapter 7 verse 13. That those who pierced him will mourn over him. Echoes Zechariah chapter 12 verse 10 and Matthew chapter 24 verse 30. Also combines the same two texts. So Revelation chapter 1 verse 7 may reflect Jesus' earlier teaching. In Zachariah, the one who pierced and mourned are the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem. But Revelation changes it to all the tribe of the earth. A common shift in the Bible. It applies the literal and the local things of the Old Testament in a spiritual and a worldwide manner. The concept of Israel expands to include people of any race and place who are in relationship with Jesus. So the key to conclude among the people of God is a connection with a son. But how can you have a relationship with Jesus when you can't see, hear, or touch him? That possibility was abundantly illustrated by the most watched movie, of all times, Titanic. Yes, Titanic earned twice as much money from theater trivia missions as any other movie until then. The popularity of the film had rather trivia reasons. Millions of teenage girls in North America became smitten with the handsome young male lead, Leonard. Leonardo DiCaprio. Many went back to see the movie several times. Some claimed to have seen it more than 40 times. They were developing a relationship with someone they couldn't see, hear or touch. Few of them have ever encountered DiCaprio in real life. How could this be? The movie 
was not Leonardo himself, but it was witness to the reality that was the actor. And millions of teenage girls found that witness sufficient for a serious relationship. Whereas millions would testify to the existence of Leonardo di Capirio and the influence he may have had in their lives, billions through the centuries have testified to the reality of Jesus. Most basing it on the testimony found in the scripture, it is clear that you can have a living relationship with someone you cannot see, hear, or touch. When it comes to Jesus, you develop that relationship by spending time with a witness about him in his word. You need to invest in serious Bible study as well as talking to other people who knew him and hear their testimonies about his, about his impact in their lives. And you need to get involved in the mission that he left for his disciples. When we read Matthew chapter 28 verse 20, it clearly spelled out his mission to accomplish. Those in relationship with Jesus will one day participate in the glorious victory portrayed in Revelation. In Revelation chapter 1 verse 8, the revelator saw Jesus and it reads, I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, the one who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. One Friday in October, news reached a community that Locusts were on the way and would devastate every crop still in the field. The community farmers immediately went on around the clock. Beginning on Friday afternoon, they harvested all night, Friday and all day Saturday to get the crop in before the locals arrived. That is every except one individual. A farmer followed his normal Friday afternoon routine, putting away equipment and setting aside all chorus that he could do another day. Anticipating his response, a few of his neighbors came over to plead with him. The labor of an entire year was at stake. Surely, God wouldn't mind if the farmer took care of business. Just this one time. I will keep the Sabbath as usual. The man told the neighbors. I trust God to deal with the locust. The neighbors tried once more to dissuade him. But his mind was made up. So they returned to their farms. And their desperate effort to get the crops before the locusts arrived. All night Friday and all day Saturday they labored, managing to save most of what they had grown. Sunday morning dawn, and the Adventist farmer looked out the window at the remnant of what had once been a thriving crop. The locusts had come through during the night and eaten up everything. 
The neighbors return to comfort the farmer as much as to charge him. But they did ask him to explain God's failure to compensate him for his faithfulness. God does not always make a final settlement in October. The farmer replied, In our test, God is the Alpha and the Omega, beginning and ending of the Greek alphabet. He is the one who is, was, and is to come. The one in control of the past and the present and the future and the Almighty. God is the Lord of history. No situation that we encounter could possibly take him by surprise. Everything that happens to us is part of a larger plan. But how do we explain the farmer's misfortune? God's judgment on wicked nations and systems fill the book of Revelation. By his truth, people can be found in those same nation and system. Their experience side affect divine judgment because of the mixture of human system. God's faithful people should never expect perfect security in this life. Faithful does not always receive the immediate reward. The Lord does not always make a final settlement in October. Lord, give me the confidence today to know that you are in control. Even when things seem totally out of control, give me patience to wait for your justice. Almighty Father, thank you so much for this word. I pray for the life of my listeners. Lord, help them to understand this word so that they can apply it in their daily lives. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you very much for staying with us. Once again, you can reach us on plus two three three two four four six seven three five two eight or zero two four four two three five zero one seven or email us at radio at vvu dot edu dot gh or through the postal address Adventist World Radio Ghana PO Box AF five nine five. Adenta Greater Accra Region, Ghana. We will expect your feedback. I believe today's magazine has been a blessing. May the good Lord's hand be in your life. Amen. Remember to tune in same time tomorrow. Bye for now. <laughs> 